0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Living Room Logic. This is Spread the Good, a weekly mini-series brought to you by Living Room Logic, where we talk about things like the progress to normalcy during the COVID-19 pandemic, How important it is to be compassionate. And answer questions from our socials at Living Room Logic. Come find us to join the conversation. We yearn to connect like lions in prides or buildings in cities in countries worldwide. For together is better, that is how we're built. Our mind is in balance, our needs mustn't tilt. Love, fear and aggression, food, water and shelter, friends, family and dogs are better balanced together. So a year of alone, we are only human, not built for this, but for sharing compassion. And we do understand the science behind, Lockdown save the sick, stop the month's mind. How could we not feel what we do, exhaustion from screens and fear of the news, but an end is in sight, a light at long last. To a keyhole we grow, we grow to grow past, so reach out to each other, in better or worse. Be a friend in a world Which will come to pass Walk out to the sun Love the wind on your face Try something new And do take a break We're in this together Doing what we should So for the last push Go spread the good That was a poem that I, I've put together and hopefully for the science communication thing that we're doing, because although the science communication thing that I'm involved with, you know, we're trying to communicate the science behind COVID, the science behind lockdowns, the science behind all of these different things. It's very important to recognize and to acknowledge the science behind why we're feeling the way we're feeling. Because it's completely natural, it's completely normal, it's completely expected. The way that the human species has evolved has to be social. And sadly, when it comes to things like a pandemic that is spread through water droplets in our breath, our biggest love in socialising, the thing that gets us through, the things that makes us us, is also our weak spot. So I think it's very important to do that. And do be a friend to someone. Reach out to someone. If you're not feeling great, reach out to someone. If you're feeling good and you have energy, be the person who initiates a conversation. Put it in. It'll make a difference for you. It'll make a difference for them. And like I said, these things will come to pass. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, everything is going in the right direction and there is an end in sight. And everyone is working so hard at the moment. So fair play to everyone. Like uh, Ronan Glynn came out there and he said that everyone's performance has gone way beyond the expectation. Everyone has been doing brilliantly. So pat yourself on the back. Fair play to you. Like, we can talk about the numbers. Like, two weeks ago, on the 2nd of April, right, we had 591 cases. Last Friday, there was 473, and last Friday, again, there was 420. So the most recent Friday, 420. There's a very obvious downward trend going on, which is great. It's exactly what we want. Like, the 14-day incidence has gone from 145 cases per 100,000 down to 120 this week per 100,000, which is brilliant. The number of people in hospital has gone down from 212 to 119. And the number of adults which have gotten their first vaccine dose has hit 22%. So we have over one in five adults in Ireland with their first vaccine dose. And in the last week, there was 130,000 vaccines just, just last week. And yeah, there, there's a bit of fear going around, you know, about the AstraZeneca vaccine and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and what's going to go on there. But there's a few important points that might relieve some of that pressure. For one, at the start of this last January, Ireland ordered 18.5 million vaccine doses for a country with 5 million people, which means at most you would need about 10 million doses to cover the country. So 18.5 seemed a little daft at the time. The logic of it is, is that we are not dependent on any one vaccine. And that's great. That's such a relief because it means if anything may go wrong with any of the vaccines or any of them may be held back for some people or all people, it means we're not dependent on the AstraZeneca vaccine and we're not dependent on the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And even on that, Pfizer came out this week and said that in response to all of this, they're going to be sending Ireland an additional 545,000 vaccines in the next month, which is great because it will keep everything up. But not only that, but we're actually seeing really positive effects of the vaccine already. Like, we're seeing that the incidence rate currently is kind of around the age of 30, all right, 30, 32, and most of the cases are in the age group of 19 to 24. But interestingly, last time that the cases were a little bit higher in this age group, we also saw the same roughly number of cases in the over 85s. But we're not seeing that now. And that's brilliant. And that's lovely because it means that there's more people in that age group who are protected. And that's only something we can be happy about. Now, the models that they have, right, they they gave us a few models and they were looking at the potential R values of COVID and how people would be reacting. The R value is basically, if you get COVID, how many people on average are you going to give COVID to? Previously, this has been in and around one and a half, 1.3 2 it's been in those kind of stages depending on how much lockdown we're in how much compliance we've had you know the degrees what level we're at you know The more freedom we're given, the higher likelihood you are to get COVID and give it to more people. The more high a level it is, the lower the R value will be. And ENVET put together this model of, right, what if it was two? So every one person with COVID gave it to two people. What if it was 1.5? Every person with COVID gave it to one and a half people. And 1.3, which was on the lower end. And these are the models. And currently we're working off the 1.3 model, which does seem to be fitting, and this has a projection that we will start seeing things really coming down in Ju- in like June, July, August, September. We'll see the number of cases naturally get pushed down by the force of vaccination. Because as more people get vaccinated, the R number gets pushed down. If you're vaccinated, you're less likely to give COVID to somebody. But brilliantly, uh, it's come out that the R value is actually currently somewhere between 0.7 and 1. And that is amazing. And that is a testament to the work that everyone has been doing, to the compliance that everyone has been doing, to the mental fortitude and to everything that everyone's been doing to help each other. Fair play to you. And it's so important to celebrate these things. Have an extra glass of wine. Pat yourself on the back. Go for an extra walk. Spoil yourself. Have the chocolate. Don't feel guilty. You are doing brilliantly. So on that note, this week now, this week coming, we have... The senior county GAA trainings and matches coming back. And we have some high-performing athletes, um, as decided by Sport Ireland, coming back to training. Next week, we're going to have golf courses and tennis coming back. Pet farms and zoos will be opening up. And underage trainings will be able to start up again in pods of under 15. And also people who are fully vaccinated can meet up in households, and that's also great. It's nice to see that there is being trust in the vaccination process, that once people are vaccinated, things can go back to normalcy. They also opened up the vaccination sign-up portal this week for people between 65 and 69. And, like, they got 50,000 people signing up straight away. So it's really nice to see that people are, like, actively looking for this. And this is something that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks for our age group, because when they get to Group 7, which is the group that we're in, It's going to be a process of, right, we vaccinated like the high priority for health risk people. Now it's your turn to sign up and that will come. And there will be an online portal for people in our age groups to just go up, sign in, try to get your vaccination date, stick it to your arm and be happy out. And you see, right now we're at 22.5% roughly of the population having their first dose of the vaccine. And by the end of June, it is looking like we'll have 80%. So between now and the end of June, we're going to see it go up to 80%, four and five adults getting that first dose. That's great. And it's just, it's so nice to see these things um, being projected and to see this hope and to see this light at the end of the tunnel. I'm, I'm sure it's something we're all really welcome to. So to end the episode, I want to answer questions from the Instagram that came in after a meeting I had with Killian de Gascoyne, who is the director of the virus laboratory in Ireland. They told us a really interesting story. They told us the day that they kind of realized this was happening last March, and it was just fascinating. He was telling us how he was waiting on an email which would come back with the data from the analysis of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And he was sitting in the Department of Health in the evening, around six or seven o'clock, and he got an email, and he just looked at it. And he looked at the results, and he just, well, he swore. (laughs) And uh, naturally, this perked up the ears of Tony Houlihan and Ronan Glynn. They both kind of perked up and heard that he wasn't happy and kind of went white as a ghost. So following that... They pulled together as many experts and as many people as they could. They were This all was around 7, 8 o'clock, and they, were started, they got everyone together by 9 o'clock. And they were working all through the night. They were trying to put together as much information as possible in preparation. And maybe a little bit ironically, none of them had really eaten, so they had to order Chinese. Which, you know, has a humor in it on its own. But what's amazing is that that was on the Wednesday night, and leo made his speech from the steps in new york on friday night and um it's just amazing how quickly that that happened and how quickly it went from the director of the virus lab in ireland getting that information and within 36 hours that speech went out it's just amazing how quickly this stuff goes so let me go into the questions the first question was what where was the origin of COVID, and he said that it's really complicated It's very hard to definitively say this. You can't find the blood on the hands of whatever creature this virus actually evolved from. There was people blaming bats and people blaming pangolins and people blaming the live markets in China or people saying that it went into humans. The current theory is that it evolved in bats and then ended up in humans and evolved in humans. But when it comes to these things, it's almost impossible to actually determine the exact place that the exact virus that everyone's dealing with now came from. So it's more of a grey area. It isn't definitive. You can't pin down exactly where it came from, which is You know, there's something very mysterious and something very, I suppose, um, chaotic about that. Um, But it is the truth. The coronavirus population, there is a large amount of it in the bat population. And people blamed the pangolins, the poor things, for a while. But it doesn't seem to have come from them. It seems much more likely that it moved from bats into humans, where it may have evolved and then everything played out after that why is covid so successful is the next question like what makes the SARS-CoV-2 virus so efficient at becoming a pandemic the part of SARS-CoV-2 that binds to cells right that's the part that the vaccine is designed after, the spike protein that everyone's heard about, the part that actually stabs into the cell and attaches. This binding is kind of like magnets attracting each other. And with other viruses, they attach like hitchhiker weeds. You know those when you're walking through a field and then by the time you come out of it, you have all these little weeds stuck to your leg. It's kind of like that. They just attach with little hooks and they activate a process where they kind of get dragged into the cell and then it degrades and the viral DNA then goes in and does its, does its dirty work. But with SARS-CoV-2, right, this bubble has a big red sign on it that says, pop me, pop me, pop me. And it attracts this other scissors-like protein that comes in called furin, and it pops. And what this does is it speeds up the process from getting the full virus into the cell to releasing the viral information, which allows it to reproduce and kill the cell. And the problem is, is that throughout the respiratory tract, this protein is very common. Very, very common. This furin scissors-like protein that pops these cells. It's just a it's a series of unfortunate mutations that led it to being able to take advantage of this enzyme, which speeds up the process of reproduction of SARS-CoV-2. And that makes it a particularly potent virus for causing a pandemic. The last question is, where do variants come from, right? And this is... this is a big thing at the moment because I think everyone's very cautious about the efficacy and how effective vaccines are against different variants. So, currently, Ireland and the UK are dealing with the B117 1. 1. variant of the SARS CoV 2 virus, right? And what makes this particularly potent, this variant that we're dealing with, is because it has a really strong magnet. Like, remember when I was talking about the ability for the hitchhiker weed to grab onto the leg? This is just, it's very big hooks, more hooks, stronger hooks actively going at it, and it has a much stronger affinity to get into the cell. Before the B117 variant, the vaccine still works. That's the data that's been coming out and that's fabulous. And I suppose it just begs the question of where do these variants come from? Now there was a variant population you might remember a while back in Kent in the UK from a population of minks and that got locked down pretty quick. They closed down the plant that had all of the minks in it and they culled the minks. But that was quite a dangerous variant but it was quarantined and held in. So it kind of led to theories oh maybe these variants are developing in these animals. But there's a lot of data coming out that in fact it might be in immunocompromised people, the people who get COVID and can't fight it off, where These variants may be coming from. There was a study of someone who was immunocompromised and who was dealing with COVID over the course of a year. And they would take the virus from this person and sequence it and sequence it and keep an eye on all of the mutations. And you could see thousands of different variants of the virus coming from this because, in the immunocompromised person, the virus could keep reproducing higher likelihood of mutating and keep reproducing and going and going and going and going again. But the thing is, it's not definitive. We don't really know exactly where where they're coming from. When you're dealing with billions of people on the planet and billions and billions of different animals that could be involved, it's hard to pin it back. But as the data is currently showing, it will be fine. The vaccines have enough of efficacy that it seems to be going well, even if there is a variant that shows some vaccine resistance. The mRNA technology is brilliant and it's being shown that even though at the start everyone was cautious about the mRNA vaccines, they seem to be the ones with the least side effects. So I personally wouldn't say that there's a lot of need for concern or that there's too much to be very worried about. The worst case scenario is that once you get your two vaccine shots, you might need to get a third, an update per se. Uh, I'm sure that'll drive the Bill Gates uh, conspiracy theorists wild, that sentence. (laughs) But uh, yeah that's it. In general, it's been a great week. It's been a lovely week. I think seeing the cases go down and all of that, seeing the weather being nice, seeing people getting through some of the last assignments and the continuous assessments in their courses, people starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and people getting credit for the hard work we've gone through has been brilliant. So fair play to everyone. I challenge you to spread some good. Reach out to someone. Go on a walk with someone. Put in a little bit of work if you're feeling good. And if you're not feeling good, reach out to someone. Because in these last few days, it's all about being with each other, supporting each other. It's in our hands to get through this. And in order to get through this, we need to have compassion. Okay? Best of luck. Spread the good. This is the end of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time. If you're feeling generous, and you're not completely skinned. Why don't you give us some of your money? Join our pay, tree Join our pay, Join our pay, Join our pay.